Small disclaimer here. We actually recorded this episode about an hour and a half after the reports that Tom Brady retired had first come out. Now, during the show, literally while we were recording this episode, we got some more news that Tom Brady didn't let the Buccaneers know that he was retiring. Therefore, he technically hasn't retired. We still don't even really know the scoop. I'm recording this little segment, this little disclaimer, while we're still kind of trying to figure out everything that's happening. So we're going to be talking about Tom Brady's legacy in this episode today. We're going to post it. You guys are going to hear about it from us, and we're just going to get it out there first to be kind of like the first people to talk about the whole Brady retirement situation. But again, he may or may not be retired. We don't even really know yet. But that's up to that's up to time to tell that. All right. So we'll move on with the episode and you guys enjoy. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to First Down Rundown. We are your two hosts. I'm Hayden Vozar. He's Matt Vozar. Today is Saturday, January 29th, four o'clock p.m., meaning, yes, Tom Brady did just retire we got the news, I think, like maybe an hour and a half ago, if that. So, yeah, dude, Tom Brady just retired. It was crazy. Um, we've also got some other news this week with MLB and Big Ben retiring as well. But Matt and I are here in person together for probably, like, I, th- I think our third episode in person. So I'm going to hand it over to Matt. How are you? Doing well. We're sharing the mic this time because uh, I forgot to bring mine home. So here we are. But uh, but yes, it is it is one of the most historic days in the history of football. So um, so we're happy to bring everything that we can to the topic. Don't even really have too much to to kind of go off of here because we, we couldn't really we wanted to get out the, get out the the podcast sooner than kind of you know writing down a whole history of Brady's, Brady's career and his timeline and everything. So I think it's better to just kind of go off of our cuff and, and how we kind of appreciate Because that's all you're going to see, right, for the next, like, pretty much month, basically until the Super Bowl. Um, or even and even after the Super Bowl is, is kind of, you know, the, the history of his career and, and what he meant to football and stuff. So I think that probably our best job, since we're obviously not going to lead the, you know, lead, lead the, uh, the, the websites and, 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 and media kind of you know content with with how we're going to define his timeline and his history uh, and his career with the NFL so I think that it'd probably just be the best to to kind of go through what we what we think and what we were able to experience because I mean literally he started playing football basically you know before we could even think our own thoughts right because we're so young compared to you know basically he's been playing our he's been playing his football career for basically as long as we've been alive so that's that's the cool part about that um and I don't think that you know we can really we should really waste more any time kind of you know Talking about the the general sense, so I think I'll just hand it over to Hayden. He's a he's a Patriots fan and has been his whole life. So, um, kind of you know he can just kind of get us started here with with what he thinks about Brady's career. Yeah. So obviously, like Matt said, I'm a Patriots fan, and as a lot of you probably know, I yeah I've, I've been a Patriots fan ever since I've been in probably like fifth grade or so. Um, I, actually no, probably not fifth grade. I, ever since I was like five, probably. Um, I've you know I've, I've got family up there that that we used to visit all the time. And so a lot of people call me a bandwagon and I guess, yes, I sort of was a bandwagon, but again, I think I've said this on the podcast before that any little kid is going to like what team is good at the time. And since I was up there a lot in new England, in the new England area and, and kind of, you know, saw, saw a lot of, a lot of Patriot stuff all around me when I was little, I started to like them. And yeah, Tom Brady was just like my sports hero figure growing up. I know it sounds a little bit, cheesy but it's just like yeah I, th- I think he was for a lot of non-patriots fans as, as well i was actually talking to az who couldn't make it on today um if you, you, az was on the last episode of this podcast and I, yeah i was talking to him today and we were kind of just talking about brady retiring um just about an hour ago and he was he was saying he was like dude tom brady tom brady is his um his, his inspiration in sports like he's and he's a Falcons fan, so it's like Tom Brady is is really an inspiration for everybody, and has been for a really long time. And like his, if we were just to sit here and go over how great his career was, we could we would be here in, for you know six hours. So you know we're we're not going to go over too too much um, because obviously it's it's pretty self explanatory what he did. Seven rings, you know he's he's I don't even know how many passing records he or passing season arrest records he's had but uh, like this season the, I, th- I think the craziest part about it and this this is probably part of what Matt was going to bring up but I, th- I think the, the craziest part was that 
he wasn't even really declining at all. And that's that's kind of like when we see a lot of these guys retire, like Big Ben. We, we're going to have a little topic here coming up on Big Ben. Um, obviously, we got, we got to put Brady first because Brady's the GOAT. But, yeah, like Big Ben, he was definitely on the decline. He, he's been on the decline. <laughs> Let's just that, – that's to say the least. But um, but Brady, on the other, other on the other hand, he was not at all on the decline, really. He's just – and he's balling out too. He's also like, I think, six years older than Big Ben. I think Big Ben's like thirty-eight. So, um, yeah, it's it's just incredible to see a forty-four-year-old Tom Brady still doing what he does best, and you know, at at pretty much the greatest in the NFL, arguably, you know, other than Aaron Rodgers. And so, yeah, he he led the, the led the league in passing this year. Um, I think both t- touchdowns and uh, yards and. Yeah, he's just been like in, just incredibly efficient in in the later years of his career, which I think is is arguably you know more impressive than all the stuff that he's done um, earlier in his career. You know, when I was younger and 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 watched less football than I do now. Um, yeah, but it's it's just been incredible to see him kind of flourish in these later years um, past his forties. It's just been it's been awesome to see that. And um, you know, I was I was sad to see him go to the Bucks when he did, but. You know, stuff like that happens, and it, it was just like he. I think I, I think he kind of needed that. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to get into the whole topic of like he needed to prove Bill Belichick wrong, or they need to they needed to prove each other wrong, whichever way that went, really. Um, but yeah, like he, you know, winning another Super Bowl with Tampa Bay was just insane. He now has more rings than any fr- any one franchise does in the NFL. Like that, that just alone explain like that. That speaks for itself. It's it's insane what Tom Brady has done, and I feel like Tom Brady is one of those guys that nobody can argue at this point that he's the greatest of all time um, when it comes to the NFL. And I think that he probably will remain that for pretty much ever. We've got a couple guys in the league right now that can, you know, if they do play until the age of 44 like Tom Brady played to, then maybe we'll see them, you know, pass him or, or, or whatever and be in that kind of um, goat talk. But we but we all know that he's the goat and we all have known that he's the goat for the past couple of years, which I think is it's, it's another thing to say, like, to say somebody's the goat while they're still playing, you know, like that. I think that's a, I think that's a phenomenon in sports that a lot of people kind of look over. Um, but it's like, you know, and I, I guess we have the same thing, the same conversation with LeBron James, um, who obviously hasn't retired yet, and he's just like Tom Brady. He doesn't really look like he's going to retire anytime soon. Um, and he's and he's in the in the conversation of the goat with Michael with Michael Jordan. But um, I I think to be able to say that Tom Brady is, you know, undoubtedly the goat like two years before he retires is just, that's crazy. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's been awesome to see him flourish with teams. A lot of people say, you know, the, the teams that he was on really helped him win those Super Bowls, which is, is true, but it's like there's just something special about him. And I think that's what we really have to focus on when it comes to, um, you know, thinking about his retirement is that, like, he really had special leadership, special everything. He, he knew – you know, decision-making as a quarterback is, is super important. He was, you know, the best of the best when it came to that. And um, I'm, I've, I've talked a lot a lot here about a lot of different things, but it's just like, I don't know. I've, I've been trying to gather my thoughts about Tom Brady for the past hour and a half or whatever since he retired to try to think about what I'm going to say right now. And um, it's all just kind of like coming out at once. So it, it, may, it may seem a little bit all over the place, but – I don't know. I, I hope you guys really appreciate Tom Brady as much as I do. Um, I'm, I'm sure you guys do have some kind of appreciation for him, even though a lot of people hate him for what he's – or hate on him for always winning and not letting anybody else get a chance. But it's like that's just the competitor he is. And, you know, I'll, I'll kind of I'll hand it over to Matt here. Maybe if he wants to talk about the competitive side of, of Tom Brady and, and how – how he took that into the game and how he kind of transformed the game in terms of, like, never give up, um, you know, prove people wrong, everything like that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to hand it over to Matt here. Yeah, I think kind of what I wanted to start with was exactly something that Hayden mentioned near the end of what he was talking about is the fact that he is still playing in the league but is considered as the best quarterback, best football player in general to ever even play the game. Um, I think that's 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 just basically impossible, uh, you know, th- to kind of have, um, you know, any other sport. Obviously, Hayden mentioned LeBron too. I think that's that's definitely a consideration. But, but I think that you know, if we're if we're really going to think about this kind of down to the nitty gritty here, it, it, he he won seven Super Bowls, 
and and just if you if you break it down in terms of his just kind of for some stats here, I think in half the seasons that he played, he played in a conference championship game, and I think in it, it basically now equates to like twenty percent of his entire career, right? Twenty percent of the seasons that he played in his time, his entire career, he ended up going to the Super Bowl, like. That's crazy because you think about the fact that like there's only two teams that go to the Super Bowl and, and there's a there despite how much we kind of say that there's not a lot of parity in the NFL there actually is it's it's insanely hard to win a Super Bowl um, and the fact that he got there in, in in basically you know almost every quarter every every other season that he that he played is is just insane and so that's kind of what I wanted to reiterate off the top here is that like he is the best football player to ever play the game and that's never going to be. That's never going to be denied, um, and I think that it, it really all started. It, it really all started, I think, because he was kind of he was kind of in a good situation when he came in, right? I mean, Bill Parcells was the coach of the was the coach of the Patriots, um, and, and and so you know that he he's a solid coach. He always was, really. He took over for Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback before Tom Brady took over, and this this was on those Patriots teams back in the day in the early two thousands when you know they were. Obviously not what they became, but but kind of a fringe playoff team, a solid NFL team, but nothing that they were can be considered kind of to go to the championship game or or, or win a Super Bowl every year uh, like they became. And so he kind of stepped in when Drew Bledsoe got injured and and didn't really perform too great right off the bat, but I think just did all the good things well, right? Did all the fundamentals. He, he knew what he what he had in his craft. And and obviously, you know, kind of people always go back to the fact that he was the last player drafted in, in his in his respective um, NFL draft. And, and it's so funny because, you know, they, they call that player Mr. Irrelevant because ha- how many drafts have there been and how many last picks of the entire draft have actually kind of even done anything, even made it, you know, onto an NFL team, much less even like start a game, right? Or be become, become one of the 53... Uh, man roster you know or even make a career out of out of it uh and and nonetheless you know he was the best player to ever do it and and he wasn't Mr. Irrelevant too so that's I think that's kind of just like the irony of his career all wrapped up into one sentence um there but but I think that kind of moving on then too is the fact that you know, there there really isn't any other. The the cool part is that we're watching it now, right? And that's what I wanted to go off of Hayden saying, kind of the you know, yes, he's the goat right now. But it's like we're actually witnessing it, right? Which is like really you're not able to do that in a lot of other circumstances. So I think that's kind of the cool part too, is to see that like you know, you you hear about Joe Montana and and Dan Marino and all these guys who you know played 30 years ago, who yes, for their time were amazing quarterbacks and 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 put up the numbers and won the. Super Super Bowls and so it's the game has changed clearly yes but it's like at the same time you know we don't really we aren't really able to put kind of our visions or our memories of seeing those guys play on TV just because of how young we are whereas like people like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and all these guys who have come up and won Super Bowls since then you know we can kind of see that happen right but I think that like with what gets lost in a lot of it with Tom Brady is actually how much he was able to win, right? So just going back to those stats that I mentioned before, he's always winning and he's always at the top and he's always being considered for, you know, the, the, going to the Super Bowl and, and, and you know, go, winning their division and going to the playoffs and having home playoff games and all that. And it's like, we think about Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and and even Ben Roethlisberger, as we'll mention here too, um, kind of in that same sense of like, you know, we we have so much to go off of, and we've you know we've seen Ben Roethlisberger win two Super Bowls. We've seen you know Drew Brees when he won the Super Bowl for New Orleans, and kind of how that all transpired and, and and did for the city after what happened with Hurricane Katrina. We saw Peyton Manning win two Super Bowls. One of them was in his prime when he was you know when he was passing the ball all over the place. Another one was when he was quite possibly the worst statistical quarterback who's ever won a Super Bowl when the Broncos had that insane defense in 2015. And so what gets lost in all of that, though, is I think that we compare all those guys together, right? And Tom Brady's included in that list of guys, but he shouldn't be included in that list of guys. That's kind of how I'm going to view this whole thing is like, yes, and, and Hayden mentioned it too, he was hated on by a lot of people and not being a fan of the Patriots myself, I would consider myself one of those people who just, you know, I, I wouldn't hate on him because obviously you have to respect the, the quality of his game and, and that he was able to win so much. Um, and we're never really going to be able to understand what it took to literally turn the Patriots into a 20-year dynasty. It's never going to happen in the history 
history of the NFL again. I, I, you can say as much as you want about Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and all they're going to do for the for the league for the next you know ten to fifteen years or whatever. And obviously the rules have changed over the years too. And there even is a rule called the Tom Brady rule, you know, where you can't hit a quarterback in a certain you know area of the body. But at the same time, it's like this guy still has transcended the history of the game. And so much has changed since she's since he's come into the league that like you have to respect it for what it is and 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 a run like this will never happen again and if it does then you know hopefully we'll be there to be there to witness it as well so I think that's kind of what I wanted to focus on is the fact that like we should at least appreciate all the winning and stuff that he did that, that we were able to witness because for as much as we you know call upon the history of the game and the names that were great back in the day as well as kind of the names that have been great during the time of Tom Brady's career, none of those guys have lasted as long as he did, and none of those guys have won as much, nearly as much as, as he did, and so that's why I think that it's just like, there is a whole other level when you when it when it comes to Tom Brady and his accomplishments and, and, and his competitiveness and, and his want to win, and, and, and that's kind of, you know, when Hayden handed over the mic to me, I think you know, in terms of what he was asking me to kind of go over in terms of his preparedness, right? I, I think that that's like, that's the biggest thing uh, of it all, uh, in addition to the fundamentals that I talked about earlier because I think that you know he was really only able to take over the job uh, when you know coming in, coming in for for Drew Bledsoe because he was able to do the fundamentals right and and a lot of times now we kind of think of that as like a game manager right someone who they're not going to give up to the ball but they're also not going to give you those explosive plays that that kind of you know enhance your ability to really take over a game or or, or make game changing plays that's kind of what he was to start his career. And obviously over the years, right, you know, right, he, he gained a lot more skills and was able to kind of go work with what he had um, and create those explosive, explosive plays. But I think to start his career, he, he knew what the fundamentals were and he knew what what he had to do to succeed, which is really just not mess up, right? So that he could actually have a chance in the NFL and basically just carry that on a trajectory upwards, which included learning the skills of the game, which include, you know, knowing defensive packages, being able to read a defense and knowing exactly where you're going to go to a guy. And, and I think that's kind of the second part of this that made Tom Brady great, right? So in the beginning of his career, he was able to establish a starting, you know, a starting role with that team because of his fundamentals, not being able to get, or, you know, being able to not cause turnovers, do what he was supposed to do and not lose the game for his team. And so he won the couple Super Bowls 2003 and 2004, mostly because of the defense and the, and the, and the players around him but he he gained a lot of understanding from that time and was able to then translate that into like a winning mentality of knowing what it takes to to succeed in the national football league and then his iq his football iq was the second part of his career which really carried him through and still does today about knowing exactly what you're seeing on a field and being able to know exactly what to do with the ball um and so and so you know we say that you can translate your your knowledge of fundamentals or, or being a game manager right only goes so far but but really game managers don't get above and beyond that point of being able to just manage a game because you really have to learn the game and know exactly what you're doing and that's exactly what Tom Brady represents as someone who was undeniably relentless at, at, at being perfect at every single thing he did and knowing the game so well that like it just seemed easy for him right but it's like it did it wasn't actually easy he just worked his butt off so much so much harder than everybody else in the entire league for so long that like it ended up being boring and so you see him and Bill Belichick a lot of the times you know in, in those press conferences whatever you know they'd win a Super Bowl yeah they'd be smiling but like you know at, at the, at the day after the Super Bowl they're already like all right we're gonna you know we gotta start getting to work for next year and it's like how can you even how can that be a possibility but that's like that's the mindset that it takes to be this great and that's exactly why I think personally no one will ever come close to the amount of records and 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 the length the longevity of a career that Tom Brady had just simply because of his competitiveness, his willing to win, and his want to just, his desire to just be the the best player that he can be and just be a perfect player too. Um, so that's kind of my whole view of it is that, is that I think there's kind of two parts to his career. It was the fundamentals at first and then it was the football IQ and kind of, you know, obviously through all of that comes the, the change in the rules and, and, and everything that, you know, all these other quarterbacks that come and go. Um, but he's kind of still the, the, the main, the standard and, and obviously what we'll consider as the greatest of all time when it comes to football history. Yeah. Another thing that, I wanted to kind of touch up on that Matt mentioned it towards the beginning is the fact that Tom Brady, like, well, okay, I, I guess I'll, t I'll touch up more on the, on the competitiveness now, but 
if you guys have been watching Men in the Arena, which is the the new ESPN Plus um, documentary thing that that they have on that they have on Tom Brady and pretty much just his career and everything. It's, first of all, it's kind of ironic that that is like happening now. I think I think they they were supposed to come up with the tenth episode this past week, but they didn't. And so that's what a lot a lot of people were saying. Like, oh, that may be an indicator that he's retiring because they don't want to. I don't. I don't even know if the tenth episode is the finale. I haven't even been watching it, but I've I've seen like snippets of it on Instagram and stuff like that. Like sometimes NFL on Instagram will post um, snippets of of the men in the arena and stuff like that. And it's cool to see those. And I I haven't watched it because I don't have ESPN Plus, unfortunately. But yeah, like if if any of you have watched that, you guys know what I'm talking about when I say that Tom Brady literally is just like a sheer competitor. He's he's. The guy that everybody doubted, again, like Matt said, you know, Mr. Irrelevant, like nobody expected him to do anything and to do nearly as, you know, anything remotely close to what he did in his career. And it's just it's it's incredible that he just had so much grit. And he, he says that in the um, in, in I think like multiple men in the man in the arena episodes is that there it doesn't matter who doubts you you know it, it doesn't matter what anybody else says like as long as you work at it and as long as you believe in yourself you're you're gonna get places and you're gonna get um maybe not to quite where tom brady got to because again like matt said probably nobody ever in the history of football from here on out will will achieve what he did or will be able to achieve as much as he did um you know we, we may see some guys go for more passing yards than him or whatever but it's like at the end of the day, like it's Tom Brady's Tom Brady, and he has so many, so many records and so many um, achievements that that you know, when added up, nobody's really going to be able to catch him in terms of in terms of um, the sum of what he's done. And so there's that, but then 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 there's also the thing where like Matt also mentioned um, how we're we're super lucky to you know experience it right now, um, especially like earlier in our lives, and and kind of have have this guy to talk about when we're older when you know our kids are talking about um are talking about you know maybe Pat, you know Patrick Mahomes when he's older and, and saying like oh he's the goat and we're gonna be like no actually Tom Brady's the goat um and it's, it's kind of gonna be that like whole LeBron uh, Michael Jordan thing where right like you have two guys from two different eras who didn't you know you can't really compare because Michael Jordan played different guys than LeBron has has played and whatever um but it's like it's one of those things where Tom Brady like <laughs> it doesn't really matter about era at this point Tom Brady's played in like five different eras really cuz like if if you think about it an, an era in sports I would say is like you know ten, I would say is 10 years it it could be considered as little as 10 years and Tom Brady's played in two full eras, am I? You know, if if we're going by the whole ten year um, measurement, whatever. So like, yeah, he's he, he's played for so long and he's played with so many different guys and and against so many different guys that you can't even really, no one can hold a candle to him in terms of like, you know, oh, I I played guys that were tougher to play against or whatever. Like nobody's gonna be able to say that because he played, you know, in the olden days and then also in the present day and it's just it's it's crazy to think about that um but yeah like <laughs> there's there's not much else to say other than just you know Tom Brady's incredible he's he's a great person too um I think the story was that or one of the big stories was that like uh Giselle his wife wanted him to spend more time with her and spend more time with their children which is awesome um there was another argument that Giselle had that she basically just wants him to stop playing because she doesn't want him to get hurt really bad which is also understandable but it's almost like okay well if he hasn't gotten hurt in the 22 years that he's been playing if he hasn't gotten hurt bad then like what's gonna happen now yeah he's old but he just falls down whenever he gets pressured so he's probably not gonna get hurt anyway but yeah I totally understand why he did it too um and and again it's kind of like nobody's questioning his retirement um and that's that's another thing that's just it's just hats off to him because he's had such a great career and nobody can can really hate on anything that he's done um and you know let's i guess that's just a a good way to move into the next topic here which is which is big ben and i think that it's kind of sad because like we were gonna we originally had big ben as a topic for today and we had we didn't have Tom Brady obviously until just an hour ago or so um, on on our on our plan for today, but 
yeah, so we, we, we replaced one of our NFL topics with Tom Brady, and um, and so that was that. And so, But we had Big Ben as well um, on, on here. So I, I feel like it's kind of – he's kind of getting overshadowed, and I don't want him to, especially, you know, in this episode of the podcast. And so we're, we're also going to go over Big Ben's career and kind of how, how we saw him because they, they were two different quarterbacks. Um, they also shared a lot in common, and we'll get into that. But, yeah, like – Big Ben played for 18 seasons. I think he, I think he was 38 or something, 39 or something like that years old um, when when he retired this past week. And so, you know, and he played all those all those seasons with the Steelers, which that's that's pretty cool too. Is like he he was a Steeler for life, and that's not what a lot of people can say about their career in the NFL, including Tom Brady. You know, we again we 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 talk so much um, about how Tom Brady was just so consistent with everything. One thing was that he wasn't consistent with his team the whole time, which again that doesn't take anything away from him. But that's the one thing that Big Ben is is has had his whole career is is that consistency with with one team. And so you know it's it's not to and <laughs> this I I actually wrote this down when I was when I was writing this topic earlier this week. But um you know I said that it's not too often that we get a great like Big Ben that retires, but <laughs> Tom Brady just retired, and it's like well we got a greater great, but that just retired, but like. Yeah, whatever, you know, it is what it is. So, um, yeah, I mean, just to kind of go over his legacy, I'm going to hand it over to Matt here. um, And, you know, we're kind of just going to talk about whether we think he's a Hall of Fame QB. Obviously, Tom Brady's a Hall of Fame QB. um, And I think the obvious answer here is going to come out with Big Ben, but I'll I'll let Matt get into it. Um, And then kind of where we think the Steelers might go for a QB in the future. Yeah, the funny thing about Ben Roethlisberger is that, like, He's just always kind of been more of a goofy figure uh, and kind of a, more of a meme, I think, than like a, a, a taken seriously, you know, Hall of Fame, Super Bowl winning quarterback uh, that I truly think that he actually is, right? And especially, obviously, now compared to Tom Brady, it's it's extremely different because like I just mentioned, right, the competitiveness and, and, and the hard work and the diligence that Tom Brady showed and and just not really having any other outside stories about him or, or you know, or just being distracted or whatever or just just kind of, you know, whatever. I think that all that stuff that goes around with Tom Brady is not is not at all associated when we, you know, when we think of kind of the the, the stuff that, that Ben Roethlisberger more had kind of going on around him. But obviously, that's not to take away from a great career that he did have. And I think that, that that's the reason that he lasted this long in the in the NFL in the first place is because he was such a great quarterback, right? I mean, we kind of saw that this, this final year was a little bit more of a victory lap for him. I think that the Steelers kind of were just like, all right, we saw him declining towards the end of last year, but we still made the playoffs. So, you know, I guess we'll give him one, one more chance. And I think that this was kind of the, the full season season of like, you know, we, we see that he's cooked. And so we're kind of going to be like trying to move on after this season if he doesn't actually retire himself. And I think that he had the self-awareness enough to be like, all right, well, I, I see that I'm not I'm not clearly at the level that I was before. And I won't be, you know, a, a benefit to this team as much as I was before either. So I'm going to step away and, and do the right thing here, too. So it kind of all worked out uh, for both sides, I think. But I think that right, you know, kind of going back to what Hayden was saying, if if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about Ben Roethlisberger in the sense of being a Hall of Famer, I think that's a it's, it's a resounding yes. I think that in one of his in one of the final games he played in the in the 2021 season, uh, you know, in the last couple of weeks of the season here, he passed. I, I forget who he passed, but he 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 came into like fifth place on the all time passing list, and it's like. You wouldn't even think about that, right? Especially for, like I said in the beginning, right? All these quarterbacks that we've mentioned with Drew Brees and Peyton Manning. Now, Drew Brees and Peyton Manning are obviously the second and third, um, you know, most for passing yards and touchdowns and all that. So, yes, they they have obviously, too, transcended the game. But you think about the historical passing, uh, you know, proficiencies that we've seen from a lot of other quarterbacks, and we don't think it's Brent Roethlisberger as being one of those. And a lot of that you can chalk up to being, yes, he played 18, 18 seasons for the same team, and they won two Super Bowls, and they went to a bunch of playoffs, and, and you know, he had great coaches and great teams around him, great defenses, all that. So yes, of course he's going to, you know, achieve those types of numbers, but I don't think that he ever really gets talked about as like congratulated or, or, or really praised for the milestones that he does achieve. And part of that is because of his off the field antics, which occurred, you know, a couple times throughout his career where he, has proven himself to be not the nicest guy, you know, at, at sometimes, and so that kind of does, 
I think affect people's views of him in terms of it not really being as as I guess praiseworthy as it would if it was another quarterback. Um, but you know, but that's we don't really want to get into a lot of that. You know, here it's just kind of talking about him as a football player, and I think that you know that's kind of the cool thing too is just I was able to witness his career most of it, um, and especially because you know our dad is a huge Steelers fan, and so you know he's he's kind of the the first person I think of when I think about Ben Roethlisberger's career is that my entire life, you know, literally up until now, you know, I've witnessed my, my witnessed my dad be such you know such a diehard Steelers fan, and Ben Roethlisberger has been the quarterback for the entirety of like my experience with watching football, similar to what Tom Brady was with the Patriots, and so that's kind of the cool uh, you know irony is that both of them kind of represent those teams, those respective teams in my view. Like I can't think about the Patriots without thinking about Tom Brady. Same with the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger, and so that you know. When you do look at the, his style of game, is extremely different from Tom Brady's, right? I mean, he's this big, you know, lumberjack-looking guy who, who it's like, you know, okay, he he may have a good arm, but it's like, why he doesn't look like he should be playing quarterback, right? And a lot of the times, especially later in his career, but you know, it's like he he just stands in the pocket and he's throwing guys off his shoulders, and it's like, you know, what, how does this guy even do this? But it's like, I think that was part of his game is that he he was more of a mo, he was like a mobile quarterback without actually being mobile, right? But I think it was just he was big and, and and able to really he had solid control of his body in a way that a lot of quarterbacks don't have um and so he was able to avoid a lot of the you know the, the defenders that came after him and who who were used to tackling quarterbacks in a certain way but that you know that, that kind of style of tackling or playing defense against other quarterbacks didn't work for Ben Roethlisberger and that's why I think that he was able to kind of really show his greatness in, in that way is just extending plays finding guys downfield um and obviously, you know, he had a great arm kind of too. And so he was able to read defenses. He would call, he would, you know, call out the motions and, and, and kind of, you know, call audibles at the line of scrimmage as well. So he was a, he was extremely knowledgeable person and, and, and obviously a student of the game as well. I wouldn't say maybe as, you know, as much as Tom Brady, obviously, but, uh, but, but, but clearly again, you know, he, he, a lot of things must have been right for him to have, have this long of a career. Now, the other side of this is the fact that the Steelers are probably, you know, other than the Patriots, the the most, you know, just solid organization from top, you know, top to bottom when it comes to the owner, Art Rooney. And, the, you know, that's, the Steelers have been in the family forever. And, you know, and then the GMs and everything and everything like all of all of his kind of the, the Steelers organizationally have just been extremely stable and successful for the entirety of Tom, of Ben Roethlisberger's career. And then the other thing is, you know the major piece of this is your head coach. And so he had Bill Cower for the first, I guess, you know, maybe seven or eight years of his career. Um, and then, and then, and then, and then obviously Mike Tomlin for the, for the last like, you know, 14, 15 years there. So I think that, you know, that is also kind of the, a, a defining moment um, or, or defining characteristic of Ben Roethlisberger's career is that yes, he's a great player, but he's also had extremely great support throughout his career. And you could say the same for same for Tom Brady. I think even to to a greater extent. But that's kind of why I push the Patriots off to the side is because you know with, with, with Bob Kraft and, and Bill Belichick being there, the entirety of of, of of Brady's career, and even still, even after Brady left, still kind of having you know that 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 solid of an organization is not going to be able to re be replicated. So that's kind of just on a different level for me. But I think that the Steelers represent someone who, or an ex organization who really cares about football so much to the point where, you know, they're going to stick with their guys and they're going to hire the correct guys kind of, you know, to fill in for the people who leave and stuff. So, um, so I think that that's kind of like another reason that Big Ben was able to be so successful here. But in addition to like all of the, you know, his his football knowledge and, and, and the way that he was able to extend plays and his arm talent and everything else speaks for itself. But I think that he just kind of was able to more transcend the 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 thought of a quarterback of just being, you know, some scrawny guy who sits in the back of the pocket and just, you know, if, if, if he feels the pressure, he's going to go down or, you know, he can throw the ball, but it won't be, you know, won't be after the five second mark. He'll have to throw it away. Like Ben Roethlisberger really tried kind of I think um, you know went against that narrative and really changed the game in that way of just being able to you know say hey I got defenders crawling all over me I'm just gonna throw them off run out to the side a little bit and find my guy open down the field and make a big play um, and so his explosiveness and, and his ability to kind of maneuver within the pocket despite you know being a six six foot five you know 240 pound white guy like you know his mobility was actually something to be applauded for so that's kind of my thoughts on on Ben Roethlisberger's career and obviously you know he won the two Super Bowls as well so uh 
they were early in his career, but I think that you know it, it was a it was an extremely long career of success um, from top to bottom for Ben Roethlisberger, and uh, and I and I do think that you know for sure he he'll get into the Hall of Fame because really what you what you look at for the Hall of Fame is just like do the stats match up with the numbers uh, or sorry do the stats match stats and numbers match up with kind of career uh, you know accomplishments, and I think that you know obviously the biggest career accomplishment is his winning a Super Bowl. Ben Roethlisberger has two; he's fifth in the all-time passing list. He's a shoe-in Hall of Famer for me. Um, again, there's the off-the-field off the issues, but you're not really going to be able to get past that. Um, and so that those are, those are just kind of my thoughts on, on Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, definitely a Hall of Fame player uh, in my mind and, and obviously, you know, has brought a lot of good years, success, and stability to the Steelers organization as a whole. Yeah, I think one thing that we – and we'll kind of almost get into this when we talk about MLB and the whole Hall of Fame thing. Um, but one, one thing for me with, with Big Ben going to the Hall of Fame and – I guess the argument that goes against him a lot in, in terms of him making it to the Hall of Fame is that, yeah, like Matt said, his, his off-the-field issues can't really be explained or, or, or they can't really be, you know, there's no excuses for those. But again, like the, the Hall of Fame isn't a character-based um, a character based Hall of Fame. Like it, it's, it's what you put on the field and it's how you perform, how you carry yourself on the football field. And I think that's what Big Ben has, has, has shown a lot of people that he's good at is – is you know going going against adversity and and I guess <laughs> this is kind of like the 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 grand um, display of adversity, but yeah, like shaking off five guys off of his back and making a play. Um, that's that's what Big Ben really shows. And and again, like he's he's a definitely he's definitely a Hall of Fame quarterback in my opinion because like my thing is that if you're if you're a starting quarterback for 18 straight seasons for a team. You have to do something like you have to be really, really average or like really mediocre to not make it to the Hall of Fame. Um, and again, like you, if you're average or mediocre, you're not going to be able to stay with the team and start for them for 18 straight seasons. Um, and that's that's exactly what Big Ben did. So it's like if we really just look at it from that standpoint, you probably could not name another person um, that's played before or another person that is going to come in the future um, that that is going to play for a team for that long or start for a team, um, especially at the quarterback position, which is, like we've said, the most important quarter, uh, position on the field in terms of, of teams that win and teams that don't win, right? Um, and so it's, it's, it's one of those things where we say if you – Big Ben was an 18-season starter at, on you know for the Steelers every single season that he played, and – He's he deserves to be a um, in the Hall of Fame, and that's that's point blank period. Like we, there's you can't argue against that. Um, again, because you can't name somebody that did what he did. You know, played at the position that he did, played for as long as he did, and for, and for one team, and didn't make it to the Hall of Fame. Um, and like Matt said, I mean, he has like he's stat padded there too. You know, he 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 has the stats to prove it. He has um, you know, he he. I I guess now he's fifth overall on, on the on the passing leading lists, which I didn't even know. Um, yeah, I, I didn't see that stat, but that's pretty cool to know. And I guess that even – that boosts his, his his Hall of Fame record or his Hall of Fame merit, I guess. Um, but, yeah, Matt kind of Matt kind of covered everything I was going to say in terms of, of kind of how Big Ben was on the field and how Big Ben was as a player. And a lot of guys, when he, when he did retire um, earlier in the week, a lot of his teammates were saying – you know, thank you to him and 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 how much of a uh, of a competitor he was, and they were even showing um, graphics on the TV in in his last home game at, at Heinz Field about how they. I think there was one that I remembered was um, it was one of those things where you like all of his all of his former teammates gave a word like one word to describe Big Ben, um, and they they put him into this. I guess graphic and it was like the bigger the word was the more times it occurred or the more the more times that it was said by his former teammates um and so you know all the big words were like uh, competitor and you know resilient and all that so that's that's really cool in my opinion to see his teammates really um look at him in that way and and not as as uh, a bad person, I guess, because of what he did off the field. Because again, we, we we shouldn't look at it like that, especially if we're just talking from a football standpoint. Um, and especially because those guys were kind of with him throughout those questionable times when he did have the off the field issues. Those same guys are the same guys that he that that described him as resilient and that that described him as you know just 
having so much grit and 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 um, and having so much competitiveness and everything like that. That really shows. Um, I guess how you know the the qualities that really shine through with Big Ben, and I think that's what we ha- what we really have to look at when we look at his, you know the the entirety of his career, right? Because again, we like Matt said, he kind of declined towards the end of his career, and and his both of his Super Bowl wins came early in his career, and so it's kind of like if you look at it from that sense, you're kind of saying, okay, well, he was really only good for so much time, you know, he wasn't he wasn't like Brady where he's still putting up insane numbers in his 22nd season or his 18th, you know, I guess for him, it's his last season was 18th season. Um, but again, like it's, it's big Ben. Like he had a lot of uh, trouble with injuries too, towards the end of his career with his whole elbow thing. Like that's, that was really like, that was really bothering him for, for a, a good like few years there. Um, and I bet you it was still, still probably a factor um, this season. And so it's just, um, yeah, it's 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 really cool to see a guy like Big Ben retire as well, and we we got two greats in one week that retired. That's that's pretty insane, and I I bet you that you know with with all the media you know sports media news whatever that's gonna be going around this week, like you're not gonna be able to really escape any of this, uh, especially with Tom Brady now, dude. Tom, Tom Brady's gonna be Tom Brady retiring is gonna be in the news for at least the next week. I I promise you. I, I know that, like, the guys that I watch on YouTube, um, like Madden players and stuff, they're probably going to be playing with um, – they're probably going to be playing with, like, the new Tom Brady card that comes out. Madden's probably going to come out with some, like, godly Madden card for um, for Tom Brady, which is going to be, like, the best quarterback ever because he re- because he just retired. So that, you know, that will be kind of cool to see too. Um, but, yeah, Big Ben too. Like, that's – I think they should do – I think that would be cool a cool thing for Madden to do would to be um, – or would be to – kind of make like a, a Hall of Fame um, promo or something like that. I don't really play Madden much anymore, so I don't know what the new terms are these days. But, yeah, that would be cool to see. Um, but, yeah, huge huge, uh, huge congratulations, I guess, to Big Ben and Tom Brady. I know that doesn't mean anything coming from us. But, um, yeah, it's, it's great to see them kind of – it's not great to see them step away, but it's great to remember what they did for the game, right? So moving on to MLB here. <laughs> We've got a bunch of talk about the the Hall of Fame, and I'll I'll let Matt talk about it here um, first. But I'll, I'll I'll kind of get some give some background. So if you guys don't know, um, this past Tuesday the uh, the MLB announced the new Hall of Fame class of 2022, which literally consisted of only David Ortiz, who was this big hitter for the Red Sox. Um, kind of not even really back in the day. I I think he retired like three years ago or something like that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was around then. Um, and the Red Sox are my favorite team. And so he was kind of like the guy when I was growing up, again, I've never really watched baseball that much, but yeah, David Ortiz was kind of, was kind of the guy that I looked to when I, uh, when I thought of the Red Sox and that's kind of cool that he got inducted so early because again, he's only been retired for, for a little bit of time here, but he, he got in. And so, um, perhaps the bigger story here though is, is that both Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, um, they both did not get, or they, they both didn't get enough of the vote to be inducted into the Hall of Fame with Ortiz, and so they are also losing their eligibility now to be inducted at all. So this is kind of the the backstory that I'll that I'll give, and then I'll hand it over to Matt. But basically, what happened was um, the the MLB switched the um, eligibility time from to be inducted into the Hall of Fame from 15 years to 10 years, and I think they did it. Was it last year or was it this year? I I forget when they did it, um, but but they they did it recently, right? And so basically, like Roger, both Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds were eligible for again, like everybody else, 15 years to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, and they were. But then with the rule change. Um, you know, reducing it down to 10 years to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Their last year to be inducted was this year, and they weren't inducted into the Hall of Fame, and that's because of PED use and everything like that, which Matt will get into um, when, when, I, when I let him talk here. But, um, you know, that's kind of the backstory here is that they are they can't be inducted into the Hall of Fame anymore, and they were they've the, both of them have been considered two of the best, best baseball players of all time. Um, you know, just even shown by the records that they have and everything like that. So I'll, I'll hand it over to Matt here just to kind of um, give more backstory and then give his thoughts on on the MLB Hall of Fame situation that we're in. 
All right, so just to start this out, all right, so I'm going to kind of go over how the MLB Hall of Fame voting kind of process works. And it's different from the NFL, all right? So with the NFL, you have basically whoever – there's a certain amount of people. Now, in both sports, the people who vote are kind of – chosen i guess in the same way it's just kind of people who are assigned uh, people who write for the sport or who have you know who are big names in the sport media whatever um who cover the sport uh these people are all kind of amalgamized together and they get to vote on who's going to be in the hall of fame uh i think in the nfl it's some former players in the mlb it's just basically all media and writers and stuff which we'll get to that later why that's a problem um but for the nfl at least in terms of Voting who gets into the Hall of Fame, all right? So every year there is a Hall of Fame ballot. Now, it's the same with the MLB. You also have a Hall of Fame ballot. But with the NFL, it's a list of players. Again, the the, the eligibility and kind of how often you're eligible to be in the Hall of Fame based on when you retire, that's all kind of different as well in the NFL from the NBA or from the MLB. But the, the way that it works is that there's a certain amount of guys on the Hall of Fame ballot, all right? And so the Hall of Fame voters – they pick for the NFL, they pick the five or six, however many guys they think should be in the Hall of Fame based on the guys who are, in the, who are on the ballot. And if a certain percentage of those guys who are picked are picked for a certain percentage amount of times or a certain percent of the time, you know, across all of the voters, then they actually, you know, they are inducted to the Hall of Fame. Okay, so it's so it's kind of different because you have a list of guys and you have to give your top however many you know, people who from that list you think will go or, are you know, are eligible or who are deserving of who should be inducted into the Hall of Fame, okay? With the MLB, it's a little bit different. So you get your list of guys, but you only choose who you think should be into, the, who should be inducted into the Hall of Fame. So whereas in the NFL, it's like, okay, well, here's your list of, you know, eight guys or your, well, I guess it's probably more than that, probably like, you know, 14, 15 guys, you know, pick your seven who you think should be in the Hall of Fame. So you pick seven of those of those 15, right? Let's say it, for the MLB, it's a little bit different because if you have a list of 15, it's, it's not pick your seven, it's pick your however many you think should be in the Hall of Fame, okay? And so what we end up with is a lot of which last year – there were actually no players inducted in the Hall of Fame, and so that's kind of the cool part. Well, not cool. <laughs> it's interest. It's it's a it's it's a it's a it's a different way of doing things, right? It's an interesting kind of way to to to, to make this work. Is that you, as a Hall of Fame voter for the MLB, you pick the players who you think are deserving to be in the Hall of Fame based on the guys who are listed on the ballot, okay? And if two thirds of the Hall of Fame voters are align on a guy who they think should be inducted in the hall of fame that's how the guy gets inducted to the hall of fame so it's not like a you just have to be better than these other guys who are on the list it's no you have to be the best player you know more than the best player on the list you have to be the best player in these these guys minds who are voting for you to be inducted in the hall of fame you know across the entire however long you know the, the hall of fame kind of goes back to the voting system so that's that's the that's the main difference here in, in the way that the nfl and the mv and, and the mlb do their hall of fame voting system and that's why it's pretty much harder to be inducted in the hall of fame from the mlb side because it's it you there can be none, right, based on just the percentages of who who gets picked and, and who picks who and whatnot. So, right, obviously I mentioned only David Ortiz from this year. There were none last year. But there's guys who literally lead the MLB in, in statistically, uh, you know, in hitting and pitching and whatever. Roger Clemens in pitching uh, and then, and then you know, Barry Bonds in hitting. And, and these guys are considered as the best baseball players of all time, okay? But they play during a time when they, most of the league, used performance-enhancing drugs in order to, you know, boost their performance to be better players. And, and it wasn't necessarily to shatter the record books, per se. It was just to be, you know, the best baseball player during their time so they could order, you know, earn more money and they could win their team championships. But, but now what's happening is these guys are eligible to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, and you say, well, why aren't they being inducted to the Hall of Fame? They're the best baseball players of all time, statistically, otherwise, whatever. Apparently, for some reason, all these guys who are MLB Hall of Fame baseball voters think that they are above everything else and that they can play God in this scenario. And so they are deciding not to vote to induct these guys into the Hall of Fame simply because they used performance-enhancing performance enhancing drugs. Now... Uh, 
I understand it from the outside perspective view of like you want to keep the game pure and you want to keep the integrity of the game high and that if you induct these guys into the MLB Hall of Fame, then you're essentially saying that we're letting cheaters become the best, you know, baseball players ever and we're going to, you know, we're going to praise these guys who cheated the game and cheated the other players that they played with and their teammates and whatever for all these years and that's the reason why we don't want them in the Hall of Fame. That's a completely understandable perspective. But the... but where this kind of gets tough is the fact that like you pretty much everyone playing during that entire generation this is i mean this is going all the way back to like 1990 all right so so basically from you know probably even in the 80s somewhere in the 80s until basically like 2005 2006 maybe when they really started cracking down on this stuff they I mean, there's no actual numbers for how many people really, how many MLB players like were consistently like actually using these types of drugs, but it was rampant throughout the league. There was one study that at, at one point found that like 60% of the players in the entire league were using, you know, were using PEDs. And so you, I, I understand your argument that yes, we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, hurt the integrity of the game. We don't want to praise these guys for, for using drugs and, and, and gaining an advantage on their competition and, and not, you know, really being true to who they are as baseball players and athletes and, and and being fair to the competition that they were playing. But dude, if the rest of the league is doing this too, you can't really deny the fact that like any player from this like 20 year span, who's a great player is going to have some probably probably have some trace of PEDs in their system. Right. And so that's kind of where the argument that everybody who hates the MLB hall of fame voters is coming from with the sense that like, we understand where you're coming from, guys, but the thing is, you can't, like, exclude these guys from the being, you know, representing the history of baseball when, like, just because they were using PEDs, but the rest of the league was as well. And so you think that, you know, without PEDs, these guys may not have the best stats in the history of baseball. They may not lead the history of baseball in their respective categories, but they were going to be at least better than their, you know, than their competition. Because if you think about it, you know, if, if you're, if you have everyone on a level playing field using, you know, using no PEDs at all, and then you jump everything up to everyone's using PEDs, but because everyone's using PEDs, everyone's kind of still on the same level, right? So so that's kind of the thought process here is like, yes, their stats may be inflated. And so, yes, Barry Bonds may not, you know, may not deserve to be the all-time leader in home runs. But Barry Bonds would definitely be one of the best players of his generation still without using PEDs to begin with. So that's that's kind of the argument here is that like we, we, we kind of, there kind of needs to be a middle ground for this. And so everybody's kind of saying like, oh, well, you know, these, the, the, the guys who are voting for the MLB hall of fame are just a bunch of, you know, white guys who just write about baseball and have their whole lives. And they're trying to play God in this scenario. And they think that they're more important than the sport. Right. So that's the other, other argument of it is like, if, if the majority of people think that they should be, you should allow these players to use PEDs to be in the hall of fame, then why are these guys who are just stubborn guys who, who write about baseball for their whole lives? Why do they have all the, the decision power, right? We should make this a more more inclusive uh, voting system where a lot, you know, everyone is able to kind of voice their opinions, and, and we can kind of choose the players from there too. So, um, so that's kind of where the whole issue played out, and and. I don't think it's ever, I don't know if it's ever really going to be fixed. Um, obviously, you know, as Hayden mentioned, the, the, this was kind of the last chance for these guys who use PEDs to, to, to have their names, you know, praised in, uh, in Cooperstown, which is where the MLB Hall of Fame is located, uh, kind of for the rest of baseball history. And so, you know, to a certain extent, too, it's like those records still stand. All right. So Barry Bonds home run record, like that's still a thing. And, and, and when, you know, when baseball players who come in the future are, you know, are coming close to breaking that record or whatever, like we're going to use Barry Bonds as that. So it's like his name is still going to be, you know, everywhere in the history of the, you know, the history books of the MLB. He just won't be in the hall of fame. And I, I understand that that's like, you know, obviously what every player, you know, plays the game to do because right. That's what you, you know, that's what you, that's what you aspire to do. So, so that's kind of where the mixed bag comes in on this. And, and I, I don't know. I can understand both arguments. I'm kind of more on the side of like, dude, just let these guys in the Hall of Fame because they literally changed the game and they were doing PEDs. Yeah, they were using PEDs, yes, but in a time that everybody else was as well. So like they were still clearly the best players of their generation. That's why I think that it's it's all kind of just a, a, a big, you know, mess here. Um, and that we shouldn't be letting just these these random baseball writers 
decide the history and the fates of these players who literally, you know, changed the game of baseball. And and just as a closing point here, like Tom Verducci and all these other baseball writers who have Hall of Fame voter like voting rights, like they wrote about Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and all these guys who they're not letting in the Hall of Fame right now. And it's like, these guys have their jobs as MLB Hall of Fame voters simply because of their, you know, astuteness and, and, and their and their prestige when writing about these these players who they are now not letting in the Hall of Fame. So it's basically like, these, these great players made the career of the guys who are not allowing them to be praised for, you know, for all the greatness that they did, right? And so it's like, well, I'm sure that, you know, when you were making no money and trying trying to, you know, be the best writer that you could be, you were praising Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens for all the stuff that they were doing. And now just because you have a lot of money and you are, you know, at this prestigious prestigious position of having an MLV Hall of Fame vote, you're like, oh, well now because I have all my money and my career, you know, is set, then, then I can, I'm the more important person here and I can choose to not let them on when it's like, they're kind of the reason that you got there in the first place, dude. So that's, that's my kind of thoughts on the whole situation. You can take whatever side you want. I'll let Hayden share his thoughts as well. Yeah, it's called bias here. That, that that's what we're facing with this whole thing, and it's it's sad that like like Matt said, we have we have guys that, and this I guess you can apply this to really any kind of voting system where you know sports hall of fames, I guess, are, are, are a good example of of voting systems that just aren't really fair that much, and um and it's like the MVP thing with Aaron Rodgers and how that, that writer came out and said that Aaron Rodgers is like this terrible guy and he shouldn't get the MVP because of that. And it's like, okay, so yeah, you came out and said that, but it's like Aaron Rodgers still threw only four interceptions this season and like 38 touchdowns. So what do you have to say to that? Um, and it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's, it's like these, these writers and these, these guys that are able to vote for the Hall of Fame inductees – they're the same guys that they're still human. So they have huge biases and it's just, it's, it's sad to see that there, it's, it's such a, a select few of guys that are voting for the, the hall of fame inductees and that have so much power to, again, like basically dictate the, the, the career or the, um, basically dictate like the whole career of, of these guys. Um, because like Matt said, getting to the hall of fame, if not, right when you start playing is at some point your main goal in professional sports. So, right. That's, that's the, that's the whole premise to this. And I guess all we can say now, again, cause you're not, we're not going to change the way that the MLB votes, at least not this year. And this year being such an important year where Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, it was our last year of eligibility. And a lot of people say that the MLB purposefully, um, and again, I forget when it was this rule was made, but it was just recently, like within the past few years, if not within the past like year or whatever, that the MLB basically like purposely made or like yeah, purposely made this rule where you it, you can only be inducted ten years um, within ten years, and or else then you can't get inducted at all. Um, they reduced the the amount of induction years in order to kind of like exploit Barry Bonds and, and Roger Clemens and kind of say, okay, well, if they're not inducted this year, or if they're not inducted soon, then, um, then they're not going to be inducted at all. And they, you know, as they should be, they shouldn't go to get into the hall of fame, whatever, because if you, if you guys, and I don't know if Matt mentioned this, but basically what happens is like a lot of guys throughout the years that after they retire, will show up on the, on that list of, of guys that are eligible to get into the hall of fame. They'll show up on that list multiple times. And a lot of, a lot of times what happens is through the years, like as, as the years progress, they'll get more and more percentage of the votes. Right. So I think, I think last year, um, I, yeah, I think last year, Barry Bonds or, or Roger Clemens or one of them had like 45% of the votes. And the, and the way it works is you have to get, you have to get at least 75% of the hall of fame voters, um, votes to to get into the into the Hall of Fame, and I think last year uh, one of them had like forty four percent, and then this year it they got up all, all the way into like sixty percent, but they didn't get that seventy five, and so they weren't able to get inducted, and now they can't get inducted forever. And so again, like th- there's been this kind of accumulation of of votes where guys are kind of transitioning over to the side of okay, well, like Matt said, there since they played in this era where everybody was using PEDs and why don't we just induct them into the hall of fame, which I, I kind of agree with. Again, when you first look at the situation and you say, and you kind of 
pin these guys with with the responsibility of you took PEDs and that wasn't right for the game because it's an unfair advantage. Okay, well, again, they were playing in a time period where everybody was basically everybody was doing the same thing. And so I like what Matt said about the whole level playing field of okay, yeah, before these guys use PEDs, they're on a level playing field, but also when they use PEDs, they're still kind of on the same level playing field. That's that's a great point, and I think that's kind of how we have to look at it. You know, it, you can't just look at it like objectively from a ethical standpoint because half of the league wasn't ethical when they were playing. So, what's the point of doing that when yeah, these guys have broken every record, and it it is the record books that really suffer from from this whole era of PED use, which sucks because yeah, like the guys now nowadays probably won't be able to break those records because they are inflated so much by, you know, by PED use. And so it's it's sad to see the record books suffer from that, but I think it's better it's a better situation for the record books record books to suffer than Hall of Fame and like dictating these guys careers that that, you know, it's it's better for the record books to suffer than that. Um and so that's what I think we have to look at is like you're really telling these guys you don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame pretty much, you know, the most prestigious um, place that you can get in, in professional sports just because you use PEDs and you were kind of doing what everybody else was doing at that time. Um, and so obviously this is like, this is pretty much the end, end all be all in terms of letting guys into the hall of fame that use PEDs. Obviously in the, in the future, it's, it's never going to happen. Um, and right now, like Matt said, everybody's, you know, the, the MLB is cracking down on it. Um, and so they're, you know, you, you pretty much, you can't use PEDs now, and play because they test you like all the time and whatever. <coughs> Throat's getting a little dry here. I might start growling. Uh, watch out. <laughs> but yeah, so that's basically the premise of it. And at first, like I said, I was on the side of like, oh yeah, don't let these guys in. But when I've read more about it, it's like you really start to think about it from the standpoint of these guys were just doing what the norm was really. And, and you can't really punish them for that. Um, and again, they were going to be some of the best p- baseball players of all time, even if they didn't take PEDs. Um, and so it's just kind of like, yeah, it's what we're looking at here is you're lo- like the, the the Cy Young Award, which is the it's given to the best pitcher in the NL and the AL every year. Um, and Roger Clemens won that seven times, and the on- the the next highest number of of um, of wins by one player of the Cy Young Award is five and same with Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds had, I think seven MVPs across his career. The next highest is three by any, by any one player. So it's like, dude, these guys have insane stats or or like just, just insane um, years in baseball, just in general. And you're not letting these guys into the, into the hall of fame, even though they did use PEDs, whatever. Um, One thing that I think would just solve this whole thing is just let athletes use PEDs. Like if you, if you if you just allow everybody to use them again, it's 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 not fair and it's it's not a good thing to I guess encourage players to do, but it's like if we just dude think about sports how all sports would be if if the if every league let their players use PEDs like we'd be seeing insane stuff happen like that would be so sweet to watch on TV and like I guess just watch highlights of um but yeah that's I don't know that that's one thing that I. I kind of wonder about it. And another thing is, like, the NFL and the NBA, I guess, have been really, really good about cracking down on it, um, I guess, throughout, like, the history of their leagues, I guess, more than the MLB. I don't know what where the MLB got lost there. But, like, dude, if, if we were seeing, you know, if we were seeing, like, Derrick Henry take PEDs, we'd be seeing him make, like, imprints in the turf by stiff-arming guys and stuff like that. Or Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball, like, 100 yards through the air. That would be sick, but... Again, yeah, it's 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 like it's more it's the ethical thing to do is to ban them and not let players use them. But again, it's like from a from an entertainment standpoint, that would be sick to see that. Um, but yeah, it's it's it. I think for like kind of a, a wrap up on this topic is that Matt and I are think both erring on the side of let these guys in because they were they were playing during an era where everybody was basically everybody was using PEDs and. If even if they hadn't took, taken PEDs, they still would have been some of the best players of all time, um, and that you can't take that away from them. And so, fooey on those MLB writers that are you know rich and and have their careers made and just 
hate to see guys succeed because that's not fair to them. So again, we don't we're not condoning the use of PEDs. We're just saying it's based on the situation. It's not right to to keep these guys out of the Hall of Fame, and it's it's sad that it happened, and that it had to happen in this way. And it's sad that the MLB is almost on the side of 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 not letting them in again because of because they made that rule of. Um, or, or they've re- reduced that rule of 15 years um, induction time down to down to 10 years. So yeah, that that kind of wraps up our Saturday episode here. Um, it, it was honestly like we have we like to have our Saturday episodes kind of chill, but this one was like really. <laughs> this one was I honestly I would have liked this to be a Tuesday episode where we. I mean, I, I guess there's not much difference between our episodes, but you can kind of tell by the. Um, by the by the by our voices sometimes when it's a Tuesday episode as opposed to a Saturday episode this sounded more like a Tuesday episode in my opinion so run the listens up on this one I think this is we had some great topics in this one and, and lucky us because it all happened this week again this is like one of the biggest weeks that we've had in terms of sports news in in pretty much for as long as I can remember um, you know obviously like there's bigger bigger weeks in sports with March Madness and all that but Right. That's like this week has been has been awesome. So, um, yeah, that that about wraps it up for today. We hope you guys have a great rest of the week, which really is just like seven more hours in the day. But um, but yeah, and, and we'll get back to you guys on Tuesday with our normal episode. We'll probably talk about some coach, some NFL head coach hirings and everything like that. We were going to talk about it today, but we're going to have to move that to Tuesday. And hopefully we'll be able to get AZ on for that because – that's like I said in, in our last Tuesday episode, that's kind of what AZ specializes in in and that's what he likes to talk about is is the head coaching situation and everything with, with all the teams in the NFL. So we'll get into that because we we know that there's been some hirings that have happened lately. Um and so so it'll be fun to talk about that. But yeah, that uh that does it for today. Share with your friends and family, everybody. Um thanks for listening today and we'll see you guys on Saturday. I mean on Tuesday.